Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Ooh. I think this will just make your, your reading more dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemist by Hiroma Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. Nam Cousin. Today we're discussing chapters 100 through 102. Yeah! Made it to chapter 100, guys. I know! Oh, we did it. There's a nice little um, 100th chapter uh, yeah. title page on that chapter, which has like most of the like current major characters. It does. Some of them are cut off. Yeah. They're ones that you can tell who they are just by their feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you got like... Zoomy sandals. Yeah, Zoomy Sandals and Havoc's wheelchair, and mm. I guess it's Fu's spiky boots. Oh, yeah, maybe. Must be. Because <laughs> Lanfon's in frame, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lanfon's in frame looking embarrassed, per usual. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia Armstrong is there. And also Alex Armstrong taking up all the space. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, he covers up like two thirds of the. <laughs> Him the and page. Al together take up about half of the page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that Xiaomi is on Al's armor, too. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. the top of the food chain. That's right. <laughs> well, he's the top, and then Xiaomi's the top, the tippy top, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. I remember that. Yes. Like no off-topic banter this time. I guess we'll. Uh... <laughs> I was about to say. I just you know I'm not ready. For it. <laughs> it's not to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. It's too much to be ready for. <laughs> Last time, Kayla was like, "You'll be happy that I didn't stop." at the end of next chapter or like in the middle of next chapter and i was like ha 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 and then when i was reading it i was like wow she was really right 100 <laughs> percent right <laughs> you're welcome have me off topic banter well, i'm tired i got some somewhat on topic banter what i don't remember if you talked about this what was your process did you just like for deciding the the cutoff points did you just like look at the very last couple pages of each chapter do you remember them pretty well like when coming up with the schedule how did uh uh, yeah, what about? I did actually was I printed out all of the chapter titles <laughs> and numbers. Like mm-hmm. I took off the, took the list off of Wikipedia, and I took that page over to my <laughs> my books, and I started going through. And like I knew I wanted to average it at about two chapters per thing, and I just kind of mm-hmm. like went through and decided like which ones were good cutoff points and which ones where I'm like, now nah, that that has to go into the next chapter. So. Mm-hmm. It got a little rougher toward the end, especially around these chapters where everything kind of leads into each other. But... Yeah. Oh, thunder. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so ominous where you are today for these chapters that we're reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a good, a good mood overall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you plan that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I controlled the weather. Yeah. Obviously. I've kept it a secret all these years, but <laughs> I'm, bringing, I'm bringing it out for the sake of our podcast. <laughs> oh, good. I, I appreciate your efforts. <laughs> I feel like the pace has been good so far. Did you didn't do any you didn't do any crazy four chapter things like me? You're not a psycho like me. Oh, just for the Ishval. Uh, yeah. Flashback, oh yeah, that's right. Which I knew from the start. I wanted to do all those together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I was using my Mass Effect art book as <laughs> as my uh, thing. I don't a have clipboard. a clipboard or anything. <laughs> 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 well, we're almost at the end. You did it. Mm. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> I don't think I have any other banter. Right, shall we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Thanks for the behind the scenes glimpse. Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're welcome. 
So yeah, shall we uh, get into it? Sure. So do our uh, summary recap and then discuss all the stuff that went down. <laughs> so many <Cool>. things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I'm ready. My body's ready. Oh wait, didn't I say I wasn't ready? I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> your body is ready, but not your soul. De- my mm. soul's definitely not ready. <laughs> Did you see what happens? Are <laughs> 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 you waiting for the thunder? <laughs> it's going really long. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that before. It's like three thunders all at once. Yeah. Just kept, yeah. kept grumbling and rumbling. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all our esoteric bullshit has finally gotten to yeah. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> About to be struck. The chapter 100 opens with a brief glimpse of Ed being pulled through the void, then pulls back to show the far-reaching effects of the transmutation the gold-toothed doctor started last time. Alchemical energy shooting into the sky, and the ground all around the city rumbling and making everyone react with alarm. In front of the main gate, the spike of energy distracts Greedling for a split second, which gives Bradley the opening to grab his arm and rush forward. The momentum sends both of them tumbling over the wall. Greed manages to grab the edge and save himself, but Bradley grabs his other arm, and the added weight begins to pull them down. You bastard, Greed mutters through gritted teeth, struggling to hang on. His claws dig into the stone and leave gouges as he's dragged down, and then finally slips. But a hand reaches down and grabs him before he can fall too far. It's Lanfon to the rescue once again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay, yeah, it's Lanfon. <laughs> it's like saving everyone's girl. asses as usual. <laughs> Did you say my boy's girl? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. There's no concrete proof that they're in love yet. How dare you mislead me? <laughs> it's, uh, it's all uh, innuendo and undertones. Uh-huh. Blushing <laughs> looks, glances, <laughs> carrying people when they cut off their arms, etc. <laughs> As you do. It's the ultimate gesture of love. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> This is a shoujo, right? Caring for people when they've lost their limbs is uh, kind of a gesture of love in this series. Uh, yeah, for sure. I can think of three. Yeah, right. Who's, wait, right. what do you think? Well, there's Lanfan mm-hmm. and Ed now. Mm-hmm. Well, and, Ed. Well, Ed, specifically yeah. Ed. El did lose his limbs. He just lost everything else <laughs> lost also. all of them. <laughs> Nothing was required to be cared for. He had no corporal body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess Ed cared for him, though, by attaching his soul to a thing. Mm-hmm. Who else? Armstrong and Buccaneer, obviously. Oh. <laughs> now you don't get that? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Izumi. I don't know. No, Armstrong's, Armstrong's OTP was SIG. What are you talking about? I was thinking uh, Sid... Pro- or Sig takes care of Izumi, so mm. I think she meant, uh, or I think he meant Olivia Armstrong. <laughs> oh yes, but she didn't take <laughs> care of him. So I thought you meant. I was trying to have an open mind. <laughs> I don't think Armstrong. they met. <laughs> Buccaneer and Major Armstrong. <laughs> I don't know. Did they, did they come and? I'm sure did, they would bond did... over muscles, but I don't think they had met. <laughs> Maybe I just shit them in my head. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't come and talk to Olivier at all. I guess he's only talked to her over the radio at this point. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. he stayed behind to right defend right. the gate and everything. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I approve. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they could be an OT three with Sig. It's like <laughs> Alex Armstrong, Sig, and Buccaneer, the like muscly OTP. <laughs> Olivia Armstrong didn't care for uh, Buccaneer, like, physically, did she? Well, we don't I mean, see how Buccaneer loses yeah. his arm, so yeah, it so could have been. 
But <laughs> where's the fanfic? You could, I was gonna say you could write that fanfic. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely write that fanfic. <laughs> I think Olivia is shippable with all her under underlings. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking subordinates. They're supposed to say subs, and it's like, wait a minute. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you could also write that fanfic. <laughs> That is how it would go. That's how it would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good headcanon today. Is this the banter that you were looking for earlier? <laughs> I guess exactly this. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you're talking to. <laughs> how many anyway. sentences in are you on this uh, summer? Uh, like a little doing? farther than we usually get. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, long fun to the rescue. <laughs> Bree shouts at her to let him go, immediately noticing the strain on her still new autumn alarm, but Lanfan refuses. My prince's safety is the only thing that matters, she says, even as her whole body shakes with the effort and blood begins to drip down from her arm's anchor point. There's no way your autumn alarm can hold all this weight, Greed snaps. It's the old man you should be worrying about. Tears join the blood dripping down onto Greed's face. He's... he's beyond help, Lanfan says in a shaky voice, and his eyes go wide with disbelief. Lanfon turns her head to call out to the brig soldiers tending to Buccaneer and Fu. I could really use a hand over here. Two of them rush over to help, and one takes aim at Bradley with his rifle. This is the end of the road, he shouts. But Bradley does not go gentle into that good night. He throws the broken sword he still carries at the soldier, which slices through his leg as he fires and throws off his aim. The shot goes wide and just grazes Bradley's shoulder, but it's enough to make him lose his grip and plummet into the moat down below. He sinks through the water, motionless for a moment then turns his head to spot a large pipe opening into the moat. Up above, the soldiers help Lanfan and Greedling up while fending off the attack from the central troops. Ling is in control now, and he frantically shouts Fu's name as he rushes to his side. He looks around wildly, calling out for help. Is there a doctor here who can perform alchemy? There's a philosopher's stone right here, he shouts, gesturing to himself. Use as much as it takes. Somebody do something, please. But there's no one around who can help, and everyone looks away with a pained expression. Ling's desperation starts to turn to despair as he falls to his knees in front of Fu's body, begging to know why no one can help him. He gets hit by a bullet from the still-fighting central soldiers, but barely even notices, beginning to cry as the wound heals. It's not fair, he says, clenching his fists and trembling. This thing inside me is supposed to grant immortality. But what good is it if I can't even save a single life? Beside him, Buccaneer is still barely clinging to life as his subordinates urge him to keep hanging on. Ling turns to him, head bowed. I'm sorry. I can't even heal your wounds. Thanks to you, we were able to deliver a mortal blow to Bradley. You made sure Fu's death was not in vain. And yet there's nothing I can do for you. The brig soldiers call out a warning that a second wave of central troops has arrived, and the men operating the cannon shout back that they've used the last of their ammo and can't hold out any longer. Listening to this, Buccaneer weakly begins to speak. Greed, or Ling Yao, or whatever your name is. If you really want to repay me, then do me one favor. He lifts his hand to point at the main gate behind them. This gate must remain closed until our queen orders it to be opened. Please, guard it for me. With your strength, you can do it. No, you're the only one who can do it. So please protect them. Ling is surprised by this request. He looks over at the exhausted and injured Briggs soldiers. Then to Lanfan, standing stoically beside her grandfather's body. Greed, he says. I need your help. Lend me your powers. 
greed within considers, then says, Sure, why not? I've still got some time to kill before I make my move. Ling tells Lanfang to stay here and protect the brig's soldiers, then stands to walk to the front of the gate. Will you do it? Buccaneer asks as he passes by. Yes, you have my word, Ling says, as Greed's ultimate shield begins to cover his body. The people of Sheen always keep their promises. He stalks toward the central troops, who open fire until they realize, with horror, that their bullets are having no effect on this new opponent. Now fully shielded and looking monstrous, Ling and Greed pause in front of the terrified soldiers to give a warning. If you got a family back home waiting for you, or if you just want to save your own skin, turn around and walk away. Also women, I have no intention of fighting any women. The soldiers open fire again, and Greedling charges in. He absolutely tears through them, and in desperation, two soldiers try to run him down with a truck. To little effect, as Greedling tears into the engine, making the truck straight up explode. The big soldiers watch all this in awe. Amazing, Fallman mumbles, as he watches Greedling standing with an animalistic hunch over the wreckage of the truck. Who is that? Ling Yao? Or the homunculus? Another brig soldier says he's just happy he's on their side. Buccaneer grins. Now I can die in peace, he says, though his men are still desperately trying to stop his bleeding and tell him that he just needs to hang on a little longer. But Buccaneer turns his gaze upward. Central City's soot-filled sky isn't for me, he says. He lifts his hand to his head in a shaky salute and grins. Farewell, my comrades. There's a place a little bit higher than the peak of Mount Briggs. I'll see you there. His arm falls back to his side, and he breathes his last. Elsewhere in the city, Gracie Hughes stands in her front yard and listens to her neighbors discussing the situation and wondering if there will be any more news about what's going on. Little Alicia worriedly says that she was supposed to go over to her friend's house and watch the eclipse together. Gracia smiles gently and tells her that the radio said they're not supposed to leave their houses today, so she'll have to go see her friend another time. The eclipse is about to begin, so you can watch it with Mommy, okay? Meanwhile, deep underground, Ed, Al, and Azumi emerge from their trip through the void into a large chamber. Ed and Azumi both check that the other is okay, then wonder where they are as Ed tries to rouse Al, who hasn't gotten up. They're quickly interrupted by a voice counting to four, then noting that one is still missing, and wondering if they're still being prepared. Ed and Azumi look up and react with alarm as they see Father's blob and eyes form approaching them. <laughs> I just started calling him the homunculus rather than Father, because yeah. he doesn't mm. have Father's like skin anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Homunculus is too many syllables. Mm. <laughs> Father's acceptable for speaking, yes. Mm -hmm. That chapter when I had to say homunculus and Hohenheim in like every sentence. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this form also has a new addition now. Hohenheim, who seems partially merged with the figure, with just his head, arm, and leg protruding. Hohenheim? Ed cries out in confusion. Hohenheim stirs, opening his eyes and spotting Ed. Don't tell me they got you and Alphonse, too, he says, then rather casually greets Izumi and apologizes for not being able to do so more properly. Don't worry about that. What happened to you? Izumi replies. Classic Hohenheim. I love Hohenheim. He's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't, like, greet you or whatever, and it's like, mm -hmm. no, just stuck inside the homunculus. <laughs> <laughs> Father answers that question. I attempted to absorb the Philosopher's Stone within Hohenheim, but it didn't work out the way I expected, so I'm keeping him like this for the time being. Ed asks who exactly this creepy eyeblob creature is, and Hohenheim explains that he's actually the one the homunculi call Father, much to Ed's shock. The beard guy? How did he end up looking like this? But Father gets annoyed with Hohenheim giving out information, and sucks him further into himself so he can no longer talk. He turns his attention to the others and grins widely. Well then, thank you for coming, my dear human sacrifices. Welcome to my castle. Al, get up, Ed says, taking on a wary stance. I got a bad feeling about this guy. 
What? I'm just like, no shit, he's a fucking shadow <laughs> made out of eyes with huge teeth. Sorry. <laughs> well, they're kind of used to that, so I guess he's got a worse feeling. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. This seems even worse than the other <laughs> freaky enemies we faced. Person who fucking mm. pulled us through the portal and has our dad sucked inside his shadow body. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> But Al doesn't respond, and as Ed turns around, he realizes his brother has still not moved. <laughs> Ominous thunder, thank you. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Back in the other part of the tunnels, the gold-toothed doctor complains that those fools upstairs weren't able to get him five sacrifices ready in time for the big day. I suppose I shouldn't have expected much when they were lured here with such a paltry prize as immortality. His leftover Fuhrer candidates continue to fight the rest of the group, and soon overpower them through sheer numbers. Scar is injured and held at sword point, while Roy and Reza are both physically restrained and disarmed. The doctor applauds their work, then walks over to stand in front of Roy. Truth be told, I expected you to stay at the radio station, not come down here, he says to him. Not that I'm complaining. Time is short, so you help me out greatly, Mustang. Now then, it's your turn to open the portal with some human transmutation. What are you talking about, Roy says, but the doctor just continues on. Anyone will do. A parent, a friend, a lover... That close friend of yours. What was his name? Hughes, wasn't it? He'll do just fine. I'll take care of all the preparations. Roy glares and asks if this is about the whole human sacrifice thing, which the doctor confirms. The Elric brothers already told me about... The Elric brothers already told me that human transmutations never work, Roy points out. Why would I be dumb enough to try it if I know I'm going to fail? That's true, the doctor says. But I don't need you to succeed. I just need you to open the portal and return. Roy, of course, refuses to do anything of the sort, but the doctor isn't going to accept that answer. I've already told you, we're running out of time, he says, and then the man restraining Riza puts his sword to her throat and slices it open. Lieutenant, Roy screams as she falls to the floor, bleeding heavily. Now then, the doctor presses, open the portal for me, Mustang. That's the end of chapter 100. <laughs> this is a horrifying cliffhanger back in the day, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that when I was reading it. I was like, well, that would have been a bad chapter to <laughs> for the rest of. <laughs> <laughs> I would have made the noise Cosmo made, but my throat's kind of <laughs> it, so. <laughs> it's an appropriate noise. <laughs> <laughs> just a, a wheezing scream, delicate scream. <laughs> chapter 101 opens with a quick glimpse of Fuhrer Rasputin Bradley managing to drag himself <laughs> out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Why won't he die? <laughs> Props to that one soldier for shooting him, though. He at least yeah. Well, uh, dragging himself out of the water in one of Central's drainage tunnels. <laughs> Did you lose your your place because of your own joke? <laughs> Can't help it. I'm so funny. Yeah, you're really funny. <laughs> Then we cut over to the Armstrong group, where Sig is freaking out over the sudden disappearance of his wife. Olivia is shocked too, her hand still extended where she had just been shaking Izumi's. She turns to her communications officer and orders him to call into the command center and find out what's happening upstairs. Meanwhile, she asks Alex if he has any idea what's going on. He scratches his chin in thought and says, The Elder Brothers once told me that when they attempted human transmutation, they were dragged into the portal of truth by black hands. What is the portal of truth? Only those who have seen it know the answer. The communications officer interrupts this conversation to give his report. The situation hasn't changed at the command center, but I have bad news to report from the main gate. 
Captain Buccaneer and several of his subordinates died in combat against King Bradley. Olivier's eyes widen in shock, and the soldier continues. With the help of several warriors from Sheen, our men were able to deliver a fatal blow to Bradley and threw him into the moat. The old general nearby begins to panic and shout protest that that's impossible. There's no way King Bradley would be killed so easily. He isn't human. Olivier, without even turning to face him, punches him hard across the face, silencing his ranting. What's the status of the main gate? She asks calmly. The soldier reports that it's still being held, helped by a homunculus named Greed, who joined their side and tore through the central soldiers trying to take it back. The gate remains closed, as you ordered, he says. They say Captain Buccaneer was smiling when he passed. Olivia looks down, silent for a long moment. Then she lifts her chin and says, I see. If he died smiling, then we can't allow ourselves to cry. We keep up the fight. The brig soldiers swallow their grief and steel themselves to move forward. Olivier leads the way deeper underground. Let's go, Mr. Curtis, she says as she passes Sig. We need to find your wife. In the other part of the tunnels, Riza weakly clutches at her neck as she continues to bleed out on the floor, while Roy desperately screams for her to hold on and to answer him. The doctor grins at this display. Have you made up your mind yet, Mustang? he asks. Roy snarls at him, straining against the men holding him back and keeps shouting to Riza as the man who slit her throat drags her unceremoniously to the center of the room. But the doctor just cheerfully tells him to hurry and begin the human transmutation. Who will you attempt to save? A family member? A friend? A lover? Or you can hold out till this woman is dead and resurrect her. That would be fine, too. I won't die, Riza says, weakly managing to speak up from the floor near the doctor's feet. I've been given orders not to die. The doctor is unimpressed with this. If only the secret of immortality were as simple as that. But alas, you're all too mortal, my dear. He returns his attention to Roy, continuing to push. The woman who's dear to you lies bleeding. Without treatment, she'll be dead in minutes. Of course, it doesn't have to end that way. He reaches into his coat and pulls out a small vial of thick red liquid. I'm a doctor and an alchemist. Not only that, I also have with me a philosopher's stone. It all hinges on your choice. Roy glares at him furiously, and the doctor looks down at Riza with an awful grin. Oh, she stopped moving. Dead already? Roy reacts with extreme alarm to this, but the doctor is thankfully wrong, and Riza weakly speaks up again. Colonel, don't attempt human transmutation. It's not worth it. The doctor insists that he will do it, and Roy clenches his teeth, trembling with agonized indecision. Riza meets his eye with a fierce expression, then looks deliberately up toward the ceiling. Roy looks surprised. He hesitates for a few seconds longer, then says, All right. The doctor perks up, thinking he's agreeing to the transmutation attempt, but Roy continues, All right, Lieutenant, I won't do human transmutation. The doctor is shocked, accusing Roy of being heartless for abandoning Riza, and Roy angrily scoffs at this. Considering that you've been using human beings as pawns in your experiments, I don't think you're in a position to lecture me about morality. The doctor actually seems a little offended. I gave them food when they were abandoned by their parents, he insists. I gave them a first-rate education. And most of all, I gave them a reason to exist. Every one of my patients is grateful for what I've given them. It's because you actually believe that crap that you sealed your own demise, Roy says. The doctor has only a moment to react with confusion before he's suddenly yanked off his feet and up toward the ceiling. The nearest Fuhrer candidate looks around in slow confusion until the Philosopher's Stone vial drops from the doctor's hand and lands on his head, and then he looks up. Gerso, in his chimera form, is clinging to the pipes of the ceiling, using his sticky saliva to hold the doctor suspended in the air. 
You think I'm grateful? He growls as the doctor struggles in his hold. Granted, at times like this, I do feel a little grateful to the guy who gave me such a useful body. But honestly, a day doesn't go by where I don't think about killing guys like you. The doctor sputters that he's the only one who can save Riza. Without his medical alchemy, she'll die. But Gerso is unimpressed with that kind of bargaining, especially as he hasn't come alone. Zampano and May both drop down from the ceiling as well, and immediately engage the shocked fear candidates in combat. Scar and Roy both take quick advantage of the confusion to break free of their captors. Roy dives right for the dropped vial, shouting, The Philosopher's Stone! Which of course catches May's attention. But the vial keeps getting kicked and bounced around the room as the fight continues on. Roy finds himself forced to join in with his alchemy as his path keeps getting blocked. But then Darius too joins the fray to help him out. I overheard most of what the doc said, he tells Roy. You worry about her. I'll take care of these goons. Roy thanks him and kneels down beside Riza. He gathers her up in his arms and presses his hand to her still bleeding wound, begging her to hold on. May, fighting nearby, catches sight of this. She watches them for a moment, then glances over at the Philosopher's Stone across the room. She grits her teeth in a moment of frustration, but immediately runs to Riza's side, crying, I have to help her first. She tells Roy she can help and quickly draws out a circle with the blood and drops her knives to use her alkahestry on Riza. Riza begins to stir, and May explains that she stopped the bleeding, but she still needs to get to a proper doctor soon. Riza begins to stir, and May explains that she stopped the bleeding, but she still needs to get to a proper doctor soon. Thank you, Roy says, overwhelmed with relief as he clutches Riza tight to his chest. Riza weakly begins to speak, though Roy urges her to just stay quiet and rest. But she looks up at him and says, I'm glad that you noticed my eye signals. For as long as we've been a team, how could I not, Roy says with a small smile. Plus, the look on your face said, I'll kill you if you mess with human transmutation. Around them, the battle finishes up as the last failed Fuhrer falls. Roy thanks everyone for their help, and then May perks up as she remembers the Philosopher's Stone again. She turns to find it still lying on the floor nearby, but before she can move to retrieve it, someone else steps out of the shadows to stand over it. <laughs> <laughs> were you just, like, yawning, or were you breathing because of breath? Oh, no, no, that was, that was frustration, yeah. Okay. <laughs> King Bradley, the Fuhrer candidate who succeeded, has arrived. Everyone reacts with shock and watches while he reaches down to pick up the stone, but Roy focuses on something else. The fact that Bradley is bleeding quite heavily from wounds that show no sign of healing. Bradley stares the group down for a moment, before finally speaking. I misjudged you, Mustang. I thought for sure you would attempt human transmutation after seeing someone dear to you fall in front of your eyes. Roy admits that not so long ago he might have, but now I have people who tell me when I'm about to do something I'll regret and keep me on the correct path. Bradley smiles and laughs quietly to himself. I used to think you humans were incapable of learning from your mistakes. But even given your pathetically short lives, some of you still managed to surprise me. I got to give it to you humans. Your refusal to behave as expected is really upsetting. Roy frowns, unsure how to respond, and then May suddenly startles, looking down at her feet. Scar asks her what's wrong, and she says that she can feel that presence directly below their feet. This announcement alarms the doctor, still suspended in the air by Gerso, and he suddenly begins to struggle wildly, saying, I won't let you get in his way. Gerso starts to tell him to give it up, but something makes him cut himself off, at the same time that May whips around to look up at the ceiling in alarm. A split second later, blood suddenly pours down from the gap in the ceiling, and Gerso, now badly injured, drops to the floor. Zampano shouts for his friend, and Gerso weakly lifts his head and tells everyone to run. Zampano starts to drag him away from the danger zone as Darius notes that he's got a really bad feeling all of a sudden. 
The reason for this becomes immediately clear as Pride's sharp, staring shadows ooze down into the room, followed by his main body. He lands and glares at the group, and in this moment of distraction, Bradley suddenly leaps into action. He grabs up a pair of swords dropped by the dead Fuhrer candidates and lunges straight for Roy. Roy hands Risa off to Darius and prepares to meet the attack with his own, but Bradley pushes straight through the fire, undeterred. He drives Roy to the floor, pinned down with his arms out to the side, the swords pierced right through his palms. Again, no religious imagery whatsoever in this series. No. <laughs> From literally the same person. <laughs> Risa cries out in alarm, but Pride's shadows begin to circle around Roy and Bradley, driving anyone else back. The doctor, looking shaken up from his restraint, begins to praise Bradley for his good work. Just remember, I'm the one who raised you, he starts to say, before Pride's shadow suddenly pierces him through the back. The shadow wraps around his body and lifts him up, while below, other shadows begin to twist into delicate, detailed lines, forming a transmutation circle around Roy. That'll make five, Pride says, and Bradley finishes, the last human sacrifice. Roy's eyes widen as the energy begins to pulse. And above ground, the animals of Central become even more frantic, and the eclipse begins. That's the end of chapter 101. No. Chapter 102 picks up with the transmutation circle around Roy beginning to activate. Pride coolly says that they really didn't want to resort to this, but Roy has left them no choice. We're out of time. Bradley, still holding Roy in place, says that if he won't open the portal voluntarily, they're going to make him do it. Roy starts to protest that he never will, but Bradley interrupts. What you want is irrelevant. Pride has already assimilated an alchemist with the knowledge we need. This man holds the formula for human transmutation. With the doctor still suspended above, Pride's shadows reach in to take hold of Roy, and he tells Wrath to stand clear of the circle. He pulls his swords out of Roy's hands and walks away. Hmm, I wonder what kind of toll you'll have to pay, he says, as the transmutation begins to break Roy's body down. Reza and Darius both shout out to Roy in alarm and start forward, but May urgently jumps in front of them, crying, No, you'll be pulled in! The energy surges from the circle, casting out a blinding white light and kicking up dirt and dust. When it clears, all that remains at the center is a warped and bulbous body. For one horrifying moment, they think it's Roy, but they quickly realize that it's what remains of the old doctor. Don't worry, Bradley says. Your friend Mustang is safely with Father by now, although I can't guarantee that he still has all his limbs. Still dripping blood from his many wounds, Bradley steps forward and holds his swords at the ready. Well then... You can clearly see what condition I'm in. Who will have the honor of taking me down? A chimera? The foreigner? Mustang's dog? Or will you all attack me together? Surprisingly, no one leaps at this offer. And Darius nervously thinks that, despite his mortal wounds, he still feels like he has no chance against Bradley. Quietly, the injured Gerso speaks up. Beneath us, he says. When May said, it's coming from directly beneath us, the doc got all flustered. He said, I won't let you get in his way. Apparently, he didn't want us going down there. Scar eyes up the area beneath the convergence of pipes where they had been standing at the time and cracks the knuckles of his right hand. Then down there is exactly where we must go. He leaps forward and slams his hand down onto the floor at Bradley's feet, activating his destruction alchemy and driving the Fuhrer back. Meanwhile, Roy has arrived in a familiar white void. Behind him stands a grinning white silhouette in front of a massive set of stone doors. Roy turns slowly, a look of terror in his eyes, as the doors open and the shadows spill out. In Father's lair, a circle begins to appear overhead, sparking energy. Roy comes tumbling out of it, crashing down to the floor, while Pride reforms and lands more gracefully nearby. He's the fifth one, Father, 
Pride announces. The father grumbles that he can't actually say he has all five yet, as Alphonse isn't technically there. Ed runs over to Roy and asks if he's okay. He rubs his head, eyes squinted shut. Full metal? Where are we? Ed says that they're in the bad guy's lair, and asks what happened to him. I was pulled into a pure white void with nothing but a large gate, Roy starts to explain. But Ed interrupts with an alarm. A gate? What did they take from you? He shouts, grabbing Roy by the ankle and inadvertently knocking his face into the floor. Do you still have both your legs? And arms? Roy pushes himself up and starts looking around. What's happening? Are you there, Full Metal? Ed frowns in confusion. What are you talking about? It's too dark in here. Why are the lights off? Roy holds his hand in front of his face, staring with blank, clouded eyes. I can't see anything. Ed and Izumi watch with growing horror as Roy slowly stands up and stumbles a few steps forward before tripping over a pipe and falling back to the ground. It... It can't be, Ed says. Have you gone blind? Pride asks eagerly. That's great. Out of all the state alchemists, your skills are the most troublesome. But this moment of cheer quickly fades as part of Pride's body seems to disintegrate, flaking away in the pixel-like pattern of transmutation. He frowns and covers the affected spot on his cheek with his hand. But that's okay because Father is there to take over the gloating. <laughs> the truth is cruel, he says. A pair of brothers who were so desperate to feel their mother's warmth again that they dared to do the unthinkable. One of them lost a leg to stand on and all but lost his only remaining family. The other was deprived of ever again feeling the warmth of human contact. A woman who tried to bring back her dead child, only to be cursed with a body that could never again nurture life. And finally, a man with a vision for his country's future has been stripped of his eyesight. Now he will never see the future that comes to pass. For every human who dares challenge the natural order, a fitting punishment is meted out to put them in their place. The ultimate arbiter of order that humans call God is the truth. Back up above, Bradley shields his eyes from the blast of Scar's alchemy, then looks at the hole now cracked into the ground as the dust settles. So, you plan to get in Father's way, he says, as he sees some of the group making their way down through the lower levels. Scar then leaps back into the fight before Bradley can do anything to stop them, and the two men trade fast, vicious blows. They break apart for a moment, and Bradley takes the opportunity to get a bit philosophical. I see, so my last opponent is to be the bearer of destruction. Tell me, what is your real name? Scar looks away, then says, I have no name. I cast it away long ago. Is that so? Bradley says, straightening up and readying his swords once more. It's fitting. I don't know my real name, either. Two nameless men fighting to the death. How amusing. Back below, May, at least, has made it into Father's lair, crashing through the ceiling with a level of destruction that greatly annoys Father. She put a hole in my beautiful home. Him saying that they destroyed his home reminds me of Hohenheim. <laughs> yeah. Hohenheim <laughs> <laughs> being like, oh, dang, they messed up my castle. <laughs> Despite Father's drastic change in appearance, May immediately recognizes by his presence that this is the immortal leader of the homunculi they've been pursuing. She then gets distracted by Alphonse, still lying motionless nearby, and asks what happened to him, though no one has the answer. As she begs for Al to wake, we transition back into the void. Al, in his armor, stands before his body. He walks forward a few shaky steps before falling to his knees, reaching out with trembling arms. His body smiles. I've been waiting for you, it says, reaching out its hand. Welcome home. Al goes to take its hand, and the light starts to fade from his eyes. But then it suddenly surges back, burning bright, and Al grabs the body by the wrist. Look at this frail arm, he says. Nothing but skin and bone, barely able to stand. There's... 
There's no way I can fight in a body like that. He slams his fist to the ground in frustration and despair, then covers his face with his hand, whispering that everyone else is still fighting for their lives. What's wrong? His body asks, tilting its head in confusion. Don't you want me? Of course I do, Al shouts. I always have. Always, always. For so long, I've wanted nothing more than to get my real body back. But now, now isn't the time. I'm no use to anyone with a body like that. Do you want to go back? His body asks. Do you want to keep that body? If you want to go, I won't stop you. Behind, the doors creak slowly open. Al jumps to his feet and runs straight past his body into the shadow's embrace. As they pull him in and the doors begin to close again, Al turns back to shout, I'm sorry, I'll be back. Just hang in there a little longer. I'll come back no matter what. No matter what. I promise. His body smiles. After all those years of searching, you walk away from your human body. My noble spirit, I would be honored to be your vessel. However, your return might plunge the world into despair and ruin, Alphonse. Back in Father's lair, Al surges suddenly back to life, much to Ed's and May's relief. Thank goodness I made it back, Al cries. But where are we? Nearby, Father grins with delight. And now I have all five. And that's the end of chapter 102. <gasps> <laughs> so what's going to happen next? See, I, took, I used my inhaler, so now I can make the same scream as Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen next, and I'm scared. Two new people died already in this series. Just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not I happy pe- about Fu and Buccaneer. Huh? Yeah, I peeked at your notes earlier when they, literally the only thing written was, I'm sad about Fu and Buccaneer. Food and Buccaneer. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first note that I made, and then I had to go to bed. <laughs> I am sad. Mm-hmm. I liked Buccaneer. Yeah. I they had really good deaths, though. <laughs> they did. Mm-hmm. Buccaneer has great last words. He's like, mm-hmm. I'll see you all. The space above Mount Briggs. The city like mm-hmm. is it for me. And they're like, oh, Buccaneer. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now the last thing he did was make sure that his last orders were still carried out. Mm-hmm. 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 And he also made sure that food didn't die in vain, too. Mm-hmm. Without, mm-hmm. without anybody mortally wounding Bradley. So mm-hmm. I liked him. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Good reactions to their deaths, too, from Ling's super Like Ling well. and Lon reactions mm-hmm. to Fu's deaths. And by pissed yeah. off, I mean greatly upset i yeah. actually really liked the um ling is like really frustrated about having access to the philosopher's stone but not being mm-hmm. able to use it mm-hmm. yeah i feel like this is a good yeah. lesson from the series mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we talked a lot of times about immortality and <laughs> if it's good or not or like like what is the the message that araka has about immortality and i feel like a couple of or like what would you do for immortality and a mm-hmm. lot of times that those things came up in these chapters, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in that part, specifically, Whirling is like, yeah, this is supposed to be great, but like, what good is it if I can't save a single mm-hmm. life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even just the fact that he was like, like, he was like, use as much as you need. Like, if he could get anyone mm-hmm. who could help Vu, like, he's obviously yeah. willing to give all that up that he had worked so hard to get. Mm-hmm. If he could just save, like, the one person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, even the creepy doctor is like, like, oh, well, for such a, a paltry price is immortality. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that they wanted, uh, or that they, you know, like, would be alert here or whatever. 
Um, mm-hmm. And everybody fighting over the Philosopher's Stone at the after the the creepy doctor tries to convince Roy to do human transmutation. Mm-hmm. Slash trying to get him to do human transmutation as well. Yeah. And he's like, what about all those people that you love? How about you like bring them back to life or whatever? And Roy's like, mm-hmm. fuck no, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I really like the, um, to go back to like Fu and Buccaneer's death, I really like the scene where Lanfon is um, like holding Greed up and like the blood is dripping from her automobile arm and then like the tears start dripping down too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also liked that. She's like he's like, well, why aren't you? Why aren't you helping Fu, and uh, or helping the old man or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, he's already beyond help. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Also, sort of related to all that that scene. I think it's always interesting that Greed has or like Ling has this inter- internal dialogue with Greed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it means symbolically but i think it's a very interesting device he has like this alternate personality that he can converse with and like this these alternate like powers that he can access mm-hmm. and he's able mm-hmm. to like negotiate with yeah. greed and stuff like that like yeah. another part of himself it's very interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah their whole situation is just like a lot more smooth right now because like mm-hmm. they've obviously yeah. kind of come to an understanding with each other like <laughs> like their parts were like i said greedling because i'm like i don't think either one of them is really in control over the other like mm-hmm. yeah and like like being able to transition like back and forth pretty smoothly without like fighting each other for it right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well there are times where i mean at least it seems like it where ling is mainly in control but uh he has the ultimate shield active mm-hmm. right so i mean um it definitely seems that they're able to yeah work in unison and all that mm-hmm. um because like in that like and, like in the speech yeah. before they like start like doing the real fight and stuff, it's like that. Obviously, I feel like that started out as like Ling and then like became greed because like the last line about like I have no intention of fighting women is obviously a greed line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Faltman even says it's like, is that Ling Yao or the homunculus? Mm-hmm. So that um, brings up because uh, we talked about how like the the fusion of souls and all of that and like how. Hohenheim was able to converse with each and every one mm-hmm. and with some people like it's a mix of each one one's on top or maybe they're just an amalgamation of all of them but it seems like with with greed and ling they can kind of i don't know if they've at, fused as one but retained the individuality of both mm-hmm. y- you know mm-hmm. maybe to a degree because I, I guess they do do still become separate um at certain parts but you know it, it it at least seems like their their souls are fusing into to one sort of being sure <laughs> <laughs> one sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think it's that like their like their personalities aren't dissimilar mm-hmm. and like lately their goals have been aligned so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't know and i guess greed I mean, Greed's technically against the homunculi, so even if he doesn't want to, like, admit it, I think he's mm-hmm. willing to, like, help people with the, like, help the, the like, rebel soldiers and, and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, sure, I'll help you. It's like, I'm not, I, I don't need to, like, make my move just yet, but I think he actually, like, wants to mm-hmm. stop the plan or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. And even in the um, the previous chapters where he first showed up again, 
you know, the bit where he's like, oh, I can't bring myself to abandon people like this. And he's like, but really, I'm doing it for personal reasons. Like, sure. Yeah, agreed. totally. Totally. <laughs> personal reasons. Exactly. He wants, he's there to fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They almost got Bradley, but as you mm -hmm. said, he's Rasputin, so. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then uh, again, in order to, fa to to avoid a fatal uh, situation, Bradley returns to platform gaming. <laughs> he's in underwater. He yeah, has he to swim and go through a pipe to make it back to <laughs> yeah, the exactly. land. Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking he's at in the, the water pipe, temple, like, glub, glub, glub. changing water yeah. levels and stuff. He's like, God mm -hmm. damn, iron boots. <laughs> 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 When does he become Metal Mario, though? <laughs> I just made a note that says he's too evil to die yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just like Rasputin. I, mean. yeah. I think his attitude is really fascinating, though, at this point. And his, like, like he knows he's dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is like, like, there's no way he's getting out of this alive. And is, like, like pretty, like, zen about it. And actually seems kind of, like... Like almost like happier than he's really been like in a lot of other scenes like his expression mm -hmm. when <laughs> he's talking to roy in the one scene it does look like relieved almost i can't mm -hmm. remember which one it was it was in oh, let me look um it was notably i'm gonna say strange mm -hmm. uh notably like out of character i felt like for him I'm trying to find it again real quick <laughs> yeah he's more um just in general he's like more expressive than he's really been in a lot mm -hmm. of previous chapters like in that conversation and also like the face he makes when he's like who will have the honor of taking me down mm -hmm. <laughs> it was before that when he's like that conversation that he's having with roy about mm -hmm. how humans oh are. yeah yeah um mm -hmm. or like how he thought certain things yeah. okay and they're picking him up blah, blah, blah. <laughs> there he is he says your refusal to behave is expected is really upsetting mm -hmm, but he looks mm -hmm. kind of almost like relieved like he's mm -hmm, like oh mm -hmm. these humans <laughs> you know always getting in the way mm -hmm. he doesn't look that upset about it it's very interesting mm -hmm. i mean yeah. maybe he knows think... that he can still subdue them but yeah whatever yeah he seems to be having like kind of a good time it's like he talked earlier mm -hmm. in like that early conversation with pride before we knew who pride was yeah talking about how like how his whole life had been planned for him, but the humans are making it kind of interesting in these, like, last days. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. So, um, I'm watching an anime right now. Um, <laughs> it's called Death Parade. Death yeah. Parade? Yeah, and it's about um, these arbiters who, when someone dies, they decide whether or not the soul is reincarnated or sent to the void. Mm. And one of the rules they have is arbiters can't die because that would make them too close to human. And I wonder if maybe that's one of the like one of the reasons he's so pleased is knowing that he's about to die. It's sort of a very human experience, mm. and like you know, he, he's Pride's talked about how like he's grown 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 soft for humans and things like that. And I wonder if um, that might have to do with sort of his attitude right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Kimberly too. You know how Kimberly was all like, "I want to see who wins," and I feel like mm -hmm. Bradley has a kind of a similar attitude. Like he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'm part of this plan, and I've been like groomed to do this thing." And he's like carrying out the plan as best he can. Obviously, now that he's dying, mm -hmm. so 
I think that's why he like is throwing himself into these situations. Like he's just fighting till his last, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, in a way, he's also more interested in seeing what the final outcome is, like rather than trying for the specific plan. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, like you humans gave, keep giving us trouble, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like like he's loyal to the like father that created him, but at the same time mm-hmm. he's so he's gonna like keep doing that. But he seems like more interested in what's happening rather than like irritated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His conversation with Scar is interesting too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the be, two like, people, two nameless names. men fighting to the death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, how about you tell me your name? He's like, I cast it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an outtake from that in the, uh, from the like English voice actors in the anime where he says like, my name, fuck you. Or something like that. It's really <laughs> funny. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like they had a lot of fun. <laughs> Dubbing yeah. FMA. Yeah, the dub outtakes are really funny for Full Alchemist. <laughs> for Brotherhood anyway, I don't think they'd had outtakes for... <laughs> The for one. the original one mm-hmm. it is interesting that they're the ones they both kind of like represent different things different struggles mm-hmm. in the story so it's kind of interesting they have this like final what feels like a final fight together mm-hmm. yeah i feel like there's a lot of people who could have had an interesting final fight with bradley but scar is a good choice yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think have they ever fought before i don't think so they've been in the same tangential yeah they fight. were yeah they've been but like not, aware of not... each other but they're not yeah. direct. They've opponents, ever directly though. fought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Bradley would have been number one on his list mm-hmm. <laughs> as well at the beginning, but yeah. although, because yeah, Bradley was an Ishval. That's how he became famous. Mm-hmm. No, well, Bradley he was, was, he was a fury. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he became he became yeah. famous for on some, some other, other battle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, some other scheme. Yeah, I actually think he wouldn't have been on his list, and that's part of like Scar's like like revenge for revenge sake rather than any kind of mm. doing anything like he just wanted to kill mm. state alchemist he didn't want to make mm. any changes like mm. yeah yeah that does make sense mm-hmm. Bradley's not an alchemist he just has to specialize yeah <laughs> and you're right he wasn't on the front uh in mm-hmm. so he's probably not on scar's list yeah i mean he signed the order he should be on scar's list but i think it's <laughs> yeah. it's part of no, scar's right. whole like yeah character Mm-hmm. It's like self-destructive, just trying to like revenge for revenge's sake thing mm-hmm. going on at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't a tactical revenge. It was just like, killing all the people yeah. that were recognizable state alchemists. In mm-hmm. yeah. It's really interesting just like how far Scar has come, like even just like at this mm-hmm. point. Because it's like he's like, we're just talking about like how he'd been. There's like no thinking, just killing kind of at the beginning. But it's like right now it's like he's he's acting very tactically like mm-hmm. in this battle especially like he listens to may saying that like the person they're looking for is down below them and that's where they want to keep them from going and he's like well that's where we need to go and so he blows the hole in the ground so that they can move forward and then yeah like yeah, fights bradley to, to fight bradley. keep bradley distracted mm-hmm. well the creepy doctor was back this time yep mm-hmm. yay <laughs> not for long <laughs> yeah <laughs> I really enjoyed him getting sucked up into Drusso's like goo though. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's going into it. He shouldn't have launched into his evil monologue. <laughs> then he would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice moment from Drusso actually, which you you know he's a pretty minor character. Mm-hmm. But this whole like you think I'm grateful like yeah. yeah. He had a good about the kind of yeah the amoral alchemist scientists of the series. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, it's kind of cool that I have these powers, but I'm really here to fuck you up. And mm-hmm. I would really like yeah. to fuck up everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting in and of itself. It's like, you can't change the way things are, but mm-hmm. there's things that you can do to change, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really unhappy when they uh, cut Reza's throat. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I can't take this. I'm not okay I with this. so upsetting. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, no, not Reza. No. Mm-hmm. No. I was like, she can't die. We already had so many emotional attachments to other characters that died. Unacceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed her line where she's like, I, I can't, I won't die. I've been given orders not to die. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You did give them orders not to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Roy's expressions, like, while this is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he's just, like, so frantic. Like, Many grimaces. Yeah. Like, the way he's, like, yeah. straining, like, full bodied against the. Like mm-hmm. men holding him back. Mm-hmm. 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 But he did notice her eye signals. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. was good. She's like, I'm relieved. He's like, well, we've been a team for so long. I mean, I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I didn't really like take note of until like rereading later on um, is that they almost like never touch in this series. Mm-hmm. Like they have like no phys- mm. almost no physical contact up until this point. Like <laughs> Yeah. So, like, that scene where he's, like, like hugging her tight to his chest is, like, like really extreme and dramatic, especially compared to everything else. Mm-hmm. Maven mm-hmm. says if you squeeze her too hard, her wound will reopen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and I chuckled. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, holding her. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. They have the, it's kind of interesting that that's, that's the case mm-hmm. also because, like, they have so many other intimate other mm-hmm. things that happen, like... Like, she's like, here's my whole back tattoo. But then, yeah. like, they never touch, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other times. I feel like there was more, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, their whole, like, everything toward each other is incredibly intimate. It's just... Yeah. Not not physically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they don't need to touch. They have eyes and looks. <laughs> <laughs> and like tapping with their mugs and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they got systems mm-hmm. and code words. Who needs like physical contact <laughs> when you have code words? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like supporting her like throughout the rest of the chapter until. Mm-hmm. He gets sucked through the void. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then she's just, like, sitting. I was like, is she standing up? There's, like, this one scene where Bradley's like, oh, who of you is going to attack me? And it's like, there's no way that she's standing up. Oh, like, she's yeah. just sitting or something. I don't know. But Yeah, Darius spends a little while carrying her around. Oh, that's right. She's just, like... Yeah, Darius is holding her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that right off the bat, they... Um, one of the soldier dudes sliced Roy's gloves so he couldn't use his, his flames anymore, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. You think he can only snap with one hand? He has a glove on his left hand, doesn't he? <laughs> mm-hmm. You're like, it's like, oh, he can, but it's not as good. <laughs> his aim isn't as good. <laughs> It'd be funny if he couldn't. I know some people can't. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I was just like thinking about it because they slice the one glove, but he still has the other one. I mean, I don't think he's gonna be throwing fireballs around, but still, it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe juggle. 
Oh. I mean, he does start doing it again. Does he put on his spare gloves? I think or? it's just that they, like, slice that one and then immediately restrained him, so. I think so. Mm-hmm. It's just like you can see in later yeah. later panels, you can see his left glove is still intact and his right glove isn't. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because he, he, normally... he starts to use, he uses his left hand when he um, starts oh. to fight Bradley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he mm-hmm. runs through the fireball, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. They yeah. just restrained him. Yeah, right it's just away. like they sliced the glove that he was immediately about to use and then restrained him so he couldn't do anything mm-hmm. and then bradley stabs both of them mm-hmm. <laughs> through his hands <laughs> yeah no in no religious symbolism yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep nothing about our one of our heroes being literally crucified to become a human <laughs> sacrifice <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like i wonder if everyone knows what we're talking about <laughs> do we need to explain <laughs> It's like, it's Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, spoiler it's alert. Like, Roy is Jesus. Roy is Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, they're all literary junk. They know. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that Bra- uh, Bradley did this twice. Because he also did this to Greed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also in no symbolic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Instance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Even more so. Yeah. I love that it's like... <laughs> Like, it's totally functional here because it restrains him where they need to be and also disables his weapons. But it's, you know, yeah. obviously symbolic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. More symbolic, I would say, than greed, although I don't know. Yeah. I mean, technically, Roy also went to God, quote unquote, because mm-hmm. he went to the portal of truth, mm-hmm. which, according to the homunculus, is what humans call God. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, the truth said it, too, with his like big speech yeah. and everything. It's like, I'm what humans call True. the world or the universe or God oh. or truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Also, I made I'm it you. Echo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, the truth is going to talk when Roy went to the door and then it didn't. And I was like, yes, now I don't have to edit and <laughs> add the echo this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like the homunculus needs a different voice, but uh, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> so mm. it's too late. Fair enough. <laughs> But that was something that I I think would be interesting is is seeing, um, Mustang and Truth, sort of that their interaction, mm-hmm. how that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do kind of like it just being like that, like glimpse, like that's all you need to really see to know mm-hmm. like, what's going on. I do like we get full like, I think you could extrapolate this before, but like full confirmation that the truth is a reflection of whoever is, mm-hmm. yeah, speaking to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this version of the truth is, like, taller. Yeah. And, yeah, it looks a little bit different than Ed's. Mm-hmm. So that definitely makes sense. We got to see Roy's door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort Did of Did you a... look up any of the symbolism? Because I definitely didn't. <laughs> Vaguely, I didn't really. It's more, it's like an elaboration of the, like, flame alchemy symbol that's, um, especially the one on, that's on Reese's back. It looks mm. very similar to the one on Reese's back. Mm-hmm. I was like, that looks familiar. Let me look at Reese's tattoo. Yeah. And then I just Googled Reese's, Reese's back tattoo or something. And there's a lot of people that have Reese's back tattoo. Let me just throw that out there. <laughs> there's mm. a lot of photos of people who actually have Reese's tattoo. <laughs> but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it does look like that. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's been this sort of, this sort of like interesting like burden almost for him all this time and mm-hmm. Reese's. Yeah. yeah, it's like both a good thing and a bad thing, I guess. You know. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which I mean, actually, in all of the cases of the human sacrifices, that's true, right? Like with mm-hmm. Ed now, obviously they lost a lot, but mm-hmm. many things I feel like they've gained. Same with probably Izumi. So yeah, I'd be interested to see Izumi's doors. Yeah, where's yeah. our Izumi backstory? Mm-hmm. Arco, I was like, I'm running out of esoteric bullshit. We can't show any more yeah. doors. <laughs> 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 we had two trees of life mm-hmm. and then this. yeah i love that they're different like even without all the like esoteric yeah. bullshit it's like it says it says a lot i think like lore wise mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah everyone has a different door and a different mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. yes it's also lore wise and symbolically mm-hmm. everyone has a different experience of of life and different things that are true mm-hmm. and not true yeah Yep, yep. and different things that matter to them since Roy loses his eyesight you said yeah. earlier mm-hmm. many times I think that the truth is mm-hmm. yeah, the truth is a ironic mm-hmm. sense of mm-hmm. <laughs> what should happen yep. with people yeah. who uh, try to upset the natural order of things so mm-hmm. it's definitely true yep. I wonder if Roy's going to be permablind or they're going to mm-hmm. undo everything I don't know <laughs> I love Ed, like, freaking out once he realizes Roy went through the portal. And it's like, do you have all your limbs? He, like, picks him up by the ankle yeah. and it's like, shaking him. Yeah. It's like, I don't think you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's this one little panel where Izumi's, like, comforting Roy after. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Izumi, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's sweet. Ed's, like, Ed's being a teenager about it, but. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Izumi, you know, despite her Izuminess, is, like, a motherly figure. And so it's kind of. Yes, yeah. she kind of inst- kind of instinctively like, sort of like starts like sort of taking care of Roy. Like I don't think they met before, have they? Roy and Izumi. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. They've. Out of all the people that have crossed paths, I don't think that Roy and Izumi have. Mm-hmm. I don't think they even really know about each other. I mean, you could probably make some assumption about things that Ed and Al have like told her, but I don't think they know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just nice. Azumi is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just nice having Azumi like back in the middle of things again. Because yeah. I love Azumi. Mm-hmm. They faked us out. She's like, oh, I'm dipping out. Yeah. And you're like, oh, bye. Mm-hmm. And nope, she's back. She literally disintegrated out of, <laughs> out of, out of the story mm-hmm. for yeah. a second. <laughs> the panel. Of hand. <laughs> yeah, no. I like how her hand is still up, like you pointed out in your summary mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that panel. And they're just like, what the fuck? Like, you can see Sid yeah. is like, what the fuck? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Livia's like, hey, Alex, do you know anything about this? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey, Alex, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Alex, you know some alchemy. It's like, you're the what alchemist. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know enough about alchemy to know that this isn't is something that you should She's know She's like, this about. looks what like esoteric fuck? bullshit. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do love Olivia's like cool-headed reactions to everything. Mm-hmm. Like she has the like, like moment of shock when Azumi disappears, and it's like, okay, let's fi- let's let's figure out what's going on. And then like, yeah, like she's obviously grieved by Buccaneer's death, but mm-hmm. has the like, if he's smi- if he died smiling, we can't let ourselves cry. We need to move on. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's also just her like leadership qualities too. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, like because yeah. they're all upset. You can see in the background, yeah. and they're kind of like waiting for her response. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, yeah." Like you can like noticeably on. see like the other Brig soldiers. Mm. 
like obviously upset because like Buccaneers their comrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's their leader too. I mean, because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. him and Miles are like you know they're like one level below yeah. the NBA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they're obviously yeah. her her like uh, top subordinates. So probably like you know they probably all look up to them too. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I liked that we didn't talk about yet um, was that Roy uh the the gold tooth doctor tried to get him to do a human sacrifice and he refused before they forced him yeah. to be sacrificed mm-hmm. um but he's like the gold tooth doctor's like won't you do it or whatever and he's like oh i have i have he says i have people to keep me on the right path or whatever mm-hmm. maybe he said that to bradley i forget mm-hmm. exactly who but it was bradley yeah, yeah it was part of that whole situation mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yes yeah, it's just nice we're reminded of that theme again i think in this yeah this moment mm-hmm and that kind of continues off for like even like roy's like early stuff like Mm -hmm. after like hughes's funeral they have the bit where he's like standing in front of the grave and says like even now part of me is trying to figure out how like human transmutation would work like yeah Mm -hmm. he's just like don't do it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like how he's like your face said like had this look of like don't even think about her or i'll kill you At least May was there to stop the bleeding. That was also mm-hmm. important. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good good moment for May. Like, yeah, she's like, oh, get the like stone. Moment of oh, frustration gotta, where she could get the yeah. philosopher's stone, but then was like, yeah. no, I have to do this. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a like, good, excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously she would, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's nice. I did like. I enjoyed. I mean, it was horrifying, but I like how Pride just like showed up through the tunnel and like mm-hmm. sliced yeah. through. So I was like, yeah. oh no, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's bad. I just like. Wrote his shadow down. Yeah, that was surfboard. cool. Yeah. Like a surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grind on that wood. Grind, grind on that wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's the AMV no one needs. <laughs> it's the AMV everyone needs. I don't know what you're talking about. Pride space was starting to disintegrate. Oh, that yeah. was something that was. Uh, oh yeah. And I, I, when that scene where he touches his face, I was like, oh. But then, like, if you look back at the beginning of the chapter, like right after he does the transmutation, it's mm-hmm. already disintegrating. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, hmm. Yeah. I wonder what's up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder what happened. I wonder if something happened to Pride in the portal. Like, mm-hmm. also, remember, didn't we say the homunculi can't do alchemy? It's just because they didn't know. He like absorbed the doctor, and then he knew. Or is it that they yeah. can't? Is that why he's disintegrating? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe because the doctor was still alive, he was able to like puppet master him. Like he was kind of able. To oh, maybe. Out? I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But Al, he just puppet mastered Al because Al is a, like he literally was a puppet. Yeah. He can't like make the doctor do alchemy, can he? Uh, I think yeah, it's that... more that they for reasons didn't want to like he because he's just like really didn't want to have to resort to this mm. Mm. yeah maybe the reason is that he's gonna ex- distance disintegrate <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i don't know like that he's in the middle of his like smug little like have you gone blind bit and then like starts it's like oh shit yeah clicking away <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna be able to be sassy for long mm-hmm. <laughs> but also pride's after eating like three people pride's getting his come yeah. so yeah. <laughs> And gluttony, so yeah. yeah. Pride's been a naughty boy. <laughs> yeah, Pride's he needs to go to timeout. Yeah, I something bad's gonna happen to him in a second. I'm sure uh, mm-hmm. it hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure something bad will happen. Anyway, yeah, no, Al in the portal. Mm-hmm. That is that mm-hmm. is the next thing that we need to talk about. 
Yep. Kind of the conclusion of all those moments where he was getting dragged toward it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he makes the decision to leave his body behind because mm-hmm. um, he can't it's fight like, with his scrying scar. I love how he's so pissed off. Like, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great Al moment, like, mm-hmm. making that choice. It's very Al. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't help people Have with that. a body like this, even though this is something that I want. It's mm-hmm. definitely something you would do. Yeah, because he's so, like, at the beginning, he's, like, so overwhelmed by, like, seeing his body again and having that chance, like, mm-hmm. but then he's, like, has the, like, you know, I don't know, for- fortitude and forward thinking to be, like, look at this body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like, not going to work. Too, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's got, it's all muscle atrophied. And... Yeah, he's going to be, like, Ariel once she gets feet. That's what's going to mm-hmm. happen. <laughs> yeah. To, to use another Disney reference. <laughs> and I like how he does the same thing as Ed with the like yelling back to yeah. his body back. as he's going through the door and he's like, I swear yeah. I'll come back. Mm-hmm. And he his body is like, Oh, I'd be honored to be your vessel, my noble mm-hmm. spirit or whatever. That's cute. Mm-hmm. But then he also said, Your return might plunge the world into despair and ruin, which is horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> You mean like now or later? Like, <laughs> you know, like returning this time or coming back through the portal? What's that supposed to mean, Al's body? What the fuck? <laughs> I think it's about that. Like now that he's back, uh, father has all the sacrifices he needs. Mm. Yeah, but would he have just stayed like in the portal with his body, all bury the chopper style, and just be dead? Is that what would have happened if he reunited with his body? Is that what that implies? Yeah, I don't know. I don't kind know. of. I, I get yeah. what you're going going at. Chopper style. <laughs> like, do you think if he had reunited, if his soul reunited with his body, would he have been able to return? I don't know. I wonder. Maybe it's a process that takes time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It seems because it's like the. It's like he didn't open the portal this time. It was. Uh... Goldtooth guy. The, the Goldtooth guy who opened it to send <laughs> them all doctor. through. Yeah. So, yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know how that uh, that equation would work out. Like, it seems like he should have just gone all the way through, but it's like because his body's there, it like kind of, I don't know, caught his soul. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Because mm-hmm. like Ed and Izumi were, they just went straight through. They just like yeah. popped out yeah. in the lair. Mm-hmm. Although Roy saw the, the truth also, but I guess because he'd never been before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was your first time you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's maybe like because uh, they use the they sacrifice some of the uh, Fuhrer candidate dudes to open it. So I think mm. it's kind of like when um, when they escape Gluttony's stomach, where like they just had to open it and then they could they could all jump through. Mm. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. But Roy's was a like Roy's was separate, like, quote unquote, c- attempting human transmutation. Like, mm. Because the fact that it didn't like automatically pull him in means that like it seems like it was targeted toward the people who had opened the portal already. Yeah. Yeah, he had to make a sacrifice to pass through the t- the portal as opposed yeah. to the others who already have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole thing was very Al. Yeah, and yet it's funny that they called back <laughs> like Ed. Mm-hmm. I love. That. I just noticed this every now and then. Just that Al's little like fringe thing on his helmet is still like. Cut. torn down after <laughs> no. after Briggs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still short after being chopped up by the mm-hmm. uh, 
chainsaw. Buccaneer's chainsaw, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or getting stuck in his chainsaw. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. I totally forgot about that. Well, I guess all we have to look forward to next time is the eclipse situation, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then all the sacrifices are there. Nothing bad can happen, right? No. no. <laughs> of course not. At least Risa would do another chapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Risa didn't die. That's the most important <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> Risa didn't die, which is the most important takeaway. Also, Roy didn't die. Nobody's dead yet. Mm-hmm. He he's blind, but he didn't die. So it's like none of our main characters have died yet. <laughs> we lost some of our semi-main characters, but, mm-hmm. but nobody else died yet. Yeah. We lost some beloved side characters. <laughs> <laughs> I liked them, and I'm some less that. beloved minor characters. In the case of the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he exists in the story. I just think he's creepy yeah. as fuck. Oh, yeah. I was definitely fine. I thought it was really ironic and great. Mm-hmm. All the all the people who are like, oh, like, they're going to reward me for working with them. Slowly, one by one, they all get killed, mm-hmm. which is, like, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Never trust anyone, especially not Prince Hans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just think it's funny the whole time. That it's like, yeah, it's like, if it's, if it's too good to be true, why are you going along with this? Anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. Greedy. Yeah, I do think I feel like the doctor thought he was more indispensable than he is, which he had decent reason to believe so. Mm-hmm. He was so he heavily was in- involved in, like, he created wrath, essentially. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, he nope. he was <laughs> he was indispensable for a while, but yeah. yeah, not not when they not when he was, you know, trying to negotiate at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should have gotten out like Doctor Marco. He knew that they wouldn't keep him around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else? I feel like there was, like, so much. There was, yeah. Do I have any more emojis to say? <laughs> you still sad about Foon Buccaneer? Yes. Mm. <laughs> no, I don't have any other things to say, and I don't have any other tangents. What are we going to do next? What are we doing next Same week? thing we do every day. <laughs> yes! Every Read day. chapters 103 and 104. Wait. Oh. Every, every day? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, next week. 103 and 104. <laughs> Good, good. Yes. Also, remember to send questions for the end. Yeah. Coming close to the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a few yeah, more we should probably there. do like a formal actual announcement at the beginning of the next one. Yeah, probably. I should probably post it on the... Start posting things, yeah. Yeah, on the visual channels as well. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And we shall. Yeah, if you time. want to get ahead of the pack, uh, you can send in your questions for our... <laughs> Soon to be finale episode. Yeah, then what are we gonna do? Mm, panic. <laughs> <laughs> Sick lay on our backs and stare at the ceiling and think about Full Alchemist. Oh. And how it was so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was reading these chapters at the end, I finished 102 and I was like, I'm really glad that we read this. I'm really glad that I'm reading this. Like, it's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. I was still excited. It and enjoying it. Yes. Now we can make jokes about the. Alex Armstrong, Sig, Buccaneer, OT3, <laughs> with Reckless Abandon. <laughs> it's what you wanted all this time, right? <laughs> yes. That was my ulterior motive to getting you to read this series. <laughs> a partner in fan fiction. <laughs> That's exactly what you wanted, I know. <laughs> okay, good. All right, well, thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Yeah, we will. Bye. 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 Bye.
I think this will just make your your reading more dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> we needed this during the like full flashback to the uh, human transmutation attempt. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna go through the portal this time. Maybe you'll get a good thunder. <laughs> we'll wait for one. We'll just read the line like twelve times in a row until we hear one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> What you need to do is figure out the direction of the storm and time it appropriately. Yeah. Obviously. It's like the old like sleep sound CDs you get where it's like <laughs> rainstorm, ocean waves. Or if you're rich enough to afford headspace, <laughs> then the uh, yeah. like sleep sound things where it's like gentle rain on a cottage, <laughs> gentle rain on a tin roof, gentle rain in the woods. <laughs> like, oh, my choice of gentle rain, I see. Yeah. All the gentle rain. <laughs> I want the soundscape of rainstorm that just started pouring down, but you've made it to your car in time with your groceries. <laughs> <laughs> Around them, the battle finishes up as the last failed Fuhrer falls. I did that to myself, you but I read yourself. it okay. <laughs> <laughs> with the help of several warriors from Sheen, our men were able to deliver a fatal bro. A fatal bro? <laughs> a fatal bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what greed is, right? He's <laughs> <laughs> definitely a fatal bro. <clears throat> is that like the opposite of a femme fatale yeah <laughs> grinding on that wood grinding, grinding on that wood <laughs> <laughs> the AMV no one needs <laughs> it's the AMV everyone needs I don't know what you're talking about I was just imagining the rest of the lyrics. Sounds like this would be a horrible AMV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Will anyone know? It's such an old reference. We're like in university. We're <laughs> anyway. It's like, don't tell everyone we're old. <laughs> they know we're old already. They already know about our old jokes. Say what you mean. All our like 90s movie references didn't give it away. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Hey, I talked about Frozen. That's like uh, a thing that the kids like. Right? <laughs> I came out in 2013. <laughs> Actually, when I, we went to, or like, did we watch? No, I must have watched it on Disney Plus or whatever, but I was watching Frozen 2. And they're making all these references to the earlier ones. And I was like, those kids are probably like, they got to be like at least in their teens now. You know, mm-hmm. if they were like, even if they were less than five. Yeah. That movie, they were like 10 years between them or something. Mm-hmm. I should look it up. Anyway, <laughs> unrelated. So. Yeah, sometimes we get, like, I remember looking at, um, like, we had a dog come in that was named Elsa, and I, like, looked, and I was like, I was like, oh, it's got to be a young dog, and I was like, no, this dog's, like, nine years old, and it's like, because, yeah. <laughs> or however old it was, I was like, Frozen's been out a long Frozen. time. <laughs> Frozen came out in 2013, mm-hmm. Frozen 2 came out in 2019, yeah. so it wasn't that long between them but yeah old enough yeah yeah the dog's gotta be at least six mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or what well, no now it would be what fucking year is it 2021 yeah seven eight eight like eight years since. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so there's like yeah six years between them if they were if they mm-hmm. were like six at the time they'd be 12 it's like completely different anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sidebar about frozen <laughs> yeah <laughs> Last time we had a long discussion about how Prince Hans is... Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> a bad... I was going to say, like, a bad character, like, uh, a bad... Uh, he just cheated a little audience. bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
as opposed to people who i love frozen (laughs) that frozen Mm. 2 was okay come see come saw yeah yeah it's fine there were parts that made me laugh really hard so i'll give it that yeah yeah there are definitely a lot of parts uh... that were targeted at adults Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) Like the like boy band music video, yeah. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yeah. I was like, "Who is this movie for?" (laughs) This is just for for all the parents that suffered through watching Frozen or forced to watch Frozen the first time. (laughs) 